Okay, good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. Those that are joining us live, thanks so much for being here. Anytime you're here, we really appreciate it. It's been an incredible week for those that are observing Jewish holidays. We just finished Yom Kippur last night, um, and now we're entering into a, the next holiday called Sukkot. This is like, this is the zone, man. This is, this is the Jewish playoffs. It's, it's bigger than the playoffs. It's March Madness. That's what it's like. Really, September Madness. Every day, something new. Buzzer beaters all over the place. Stuff you didn't expect to happen happens. Like, it's awesome. This year happens to be even more intense. And I'll explain to you why, for those that are not as familiar, just to understand what's going on. Holidays fall out wherever they fall out. But sometimes they fall out midweek, which means that when the holiday's done, you still have Shabbat, right? So, like, Yom Kippur is over. We still have Shabbat. And we come out into Sukkot and then into Shabbat. So just Shabbat's a holiday we have every week, right? So it's, ho- it's awesome. All right. But what that does, the reason why I'm bringing it up is that um, it sort of puts our daily boost in a little bit of a, uh, of a hiatus. So just for the, as, as, a, as a public service announcement, we'll be on today, we'll be on on Monday, and then we'll be off for like a week and a half. So we'll, we'll, we'll post when we're back on, but we'll be off for a little bit. We'll be off for the entire holiday. Okay. So we've been just moving on in the world of energy thinking a lot about it over 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 Yom Kippur um I was talking to somebody before Yom Kippur it was was a fascinating conversation and it was so aligned with what we've been talking about but just from a different angle but still incredibly important so I asked him for advice always good to get advice for you know how someone else sees Yom Kippur such a big important day This is something so interesting to me. You know, a lot of times these prayers are very important. And when you're sitting in prayer, you want to have good concentration. You want to feel good about it. You know, you want to feel like you're saying the words. You want to feel like you're in the zone. And there's different moments throughout the day that is more intense, right? The end of the holiday is, um, it's a prayer service called Ne'ilah, which is really only time of year is on Yom Kippur. Just throughout the day, there are different moments of real potential inspiration. So what this guy shared with me was something that he learned along the way, where he said, what happens invariably in Yom Kippur is just when you're about to get into it, like just when you're about to really dig or have a moment or, you know, get lost in a prayer or something, usually like something happens to annoy you. Right, like usually, like you know, some noise, or the guy next to you bumps into you, or you know, there's something going on, or the air conditioning's too cold, or whatever it is. There's always this, like you know, Jewish Murphy's law that just at the moment that you feel that you're about to start to really have an experience, something comes out and like brings you back and annoys you, and then you spend the next few minutes or whatever on what annoys you, and then. You sort of lose the train of the service, and then, like, you know, you're out. He said to me, he goes, don't let anything annoy you. Whatever it is that annoys you, just say to yourself, I'll deal with tomorrow. Like, I mean, it's Yom Kippur's a day. I hear it. This thing's annoying me. Let me think about it in six hours from now, in 12 hours from now, which was great advice because it happened to me more than once, and I tried to apply it. 
And as Yom Kippur was over, and I was reflecting on the advice, I thought to myself, you know, this is really much, this is really aligned to what we've been doing here. You know, we've been very much talking about something very similar to this. Energy. Where does it come from? How do you manage it? So where we left off, if I remember correctly, was we were asking ourselves to start the process of figuring it out on our own. Like we have lives and there are moments where our energies are up and energies down. Let's just start the track. You know, one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite, for those of you here last year, you know, one of my favorite books, the book called Flow, right? It's the research by Mihai, Mihai Chicksmith, Chicksmith Mihai, right? And he did this incredible research on flow. And flow is, when are you in the moment? Like, you know, you're in a zone. You ever get in a zone? Like, you forget to eat. You forget to sleep. You know that? There's like, there's a zone that you're like, you're totally bored. And like, you're checking the clock every two seconds. You you keep on checking your phone, right? Waiting for the email to come in. Then there's the other side of the spectrum. where like, you're just in a zone. You come out, you an hour? Ah, for those five minutes, you know? You ever have that? He calls that flow. So he was trying to track and understand flow. What did he do? Well, when he started doing this research, he didn't have like anything sophisticated. You know what he did? He gave people pagers. Remember pagers over the age of, if you're you're under the age of 30, if you're under the age of 40, you don't know what I'm talking about. For my 40 and above crowd, remember pagers? Pagers, for those who don't know, were a little tiny like, they look like little bricks that you would keep on your waist. And when someone wanted to reach you, they would call into a service and your, your waist would beep. And you'd look at it and it would have a number and you'd call them back, right? That was called a pager. Can you imagine like how, that was like in 2000. That wasn't like in 1927, right? Like in 2000, there were pagers. In 1999, like we're not talking about like 400 years ago. Can you imagine? Like, can you imagine we walked around? I, I kid you. Like, can you imagine? All you got was like a number. Hi, did you page me? Yeah. Oh, it's Dr. So-and-so. Did you page me? So he gave them pagers and he gave them notebooks. And he just paged them throughout the day. And he said, what are, what are you doing right now? How do you feel? Take the notes. And he basically just checked in a whole bunch of times on very specific times and started to develop a pattern for the clients that he was working with to find out what they were doing when they experienced flow. It wasn't a sophisticated machine. You didn't have them through neuro, you have them do neuro scans, right? He wasn't, you know, tracking them through a Fitbit. He didn't have them on the iPhone, on the iWatch. He gave them a pager and said, just, you know, I'll call you. Like, you know, I'll call you. I guess I, I don't. I don't want to tell you when. So, like, when you hear the pager, just call me back. But just stopping and noting what you're feeling was enough to be the bedrock of this incredible, groundbreaking research called flow. So, when we talk about energy and being able to be your own scientists, it's real. It's real. Just takes a little bit of effort, but you know, that's the idea. You have the ability to 
start to track your ups and your downs. And if you really want to do this in a real sophisticated way, you should take time throughout your day, two or three times and give yourself a score. And if you really want to be nuts, you know, look back over a week and see if you can find the pattern. And all of this is in order for you to get better at it, because here's what happens. Energy flows from perspective, right? If you can picture the energy being the resource inside you, right? It has to come up if you can almost envision it, at least how I'm envisioning it. The energy has to come up through your mind and out into the world. And then from the world, through your mind, into your energy. So energy is a resource. It's like, a, it's like an oil well. The oil isn't refined enough to go into a car. It's got to go up through something. There needs to be a refinery, and which ultimately puts them in a pump. So, so it goes in the car. Your brain is that refinery. Your energy is, is the well. So what turns on the, the pump? What gets the refinery working? It's your perspective. When your perspective is strong, then the energy will flow through. So what my friend was getting at in, in his own way was, whenever you're in an intense moment, in, if, in this case, Yom Kippur, little things annoy you more. And they seem to get in the way of your perspective. If you're having an intense morning for something, that thing that you overlooked every day is now driving you insane. If you're about to do something and somebody throws you off, you're overwhelmingly upset. And so what happens is you allow a perspective to shift. And because you're in an intense moment, it has major ramifications. And now you've blocked your energy. And so what the advice that he was giving me and, and that I thought was so relevant to what we were talking about is don't let that happen. Be on your game. Understand that the most important thing you can have in your Kipper is connection with God. And so if someone throws you, just realize that whether you're right or you're wrong, whether you'll talk to them later or not, it's irrelevant. You're going to lose, right? This is one of the, um, one of the most interesting, you know, I, I, I used to, um, I don't know if it was much, but a little bit, but I was, I had a phase maybe a few years ago where I was obsessed with football coaches, obsessed. Not really, but, you know, so I'd watch different coaches and, because to me, a football coach is like a strategy uh, expert. He's like a, it's like, it's like battle, but just nobody gets killed. Formations and patterns. So there's a new coach that came up the wrong. Now he's already, you know, a veteran, but then, then, then there's a new coach that was coming up. His name was Sean McVay. And he was this wonder kid. He started to coach the Rams. The Rams were losing. They had a coach named Fisher, I think. His first year, they went to the Super Bowl, like, like a savant. So I'm watching and watching and watching. Yeah, in, in the end, he had a couple of really great scheme, offensive schemes that people figured out. It's not, it's more, NFL's a little harder than, than, than it looks. 
But there was one thing that he did that I saw in the Super Bowl that really impressed me. His quarterback is a guy named Jared Goff, who's not no longer his quarterback, but back then it was. They're playing the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and Jared Goff has, I think, an open man, if I remember the play, and he underthrows him, and he throws an interception. Now, I want you to imagine that it's the end of the game. It's a low-scoring game. You throw an interception against the Patriots, you're going to lose the game. Like, that was it. That bad throw cost him the Super Bowl. So Jared Goff is now walking back to the, to the sidelines. Now, if you're Sean McVay, you, you, you made the right call. You, the guy was open. You're the coach of the team. It's on your head. And your number one draft pick, star quarterback, underthrew a man in the Super Bowl. Like, come on. That's, that's rookie stuff. You would think the response that he gave him would have been like at least passive aggressive. So Jared's got his head down, walking sideline. McVay spots him. And McVay makes a beeline for him. As he comes silent, he goes, head up, man. Good throw. You did the best you could. The coverage. And he makes up some dumb excuse why it wasn't Jared Goff's fault. And everyone knows it was. And I remember seeing this and going, that's a coach. He understands that this moment that you're in Super Bowl, if that perspective gets lost, if he gets down, he's not going to get, he's not, then they totally lost. In this moment, you can't lose perspective. You can't shut down the energy. You can't get into a negative headspace. You can't get lost in guilt. And so even though Jared Goff was wrong, McVeigh understood that we'll deal with it tomorrow. You could be sure as day that Goff paid that price. And we got traded two years later. You could be sure that when they were in the film room the next day, they broke that play down a hundred ways. And Jared Goff knew exactly what he did wrong, but not in the Super Bowl. Not in the moment, because if Jared Goff would have gotten in his head, oh my gosh, I messed up. The next time he would have gotten the game, he would have messed up. You gotta understand that's how life works. And as we developed into this, as we develop this approach towards energy, you have to understand the basics of it, which is most of the thing that's going to block your energy comes at the wrong time. When you need your energy, that's when the things around you annoy you the most. When things are going well with the person that you're trying to relate, have a relationship with, that's when things are growing, when a nuance comes in to throw you. The energy that we have here is really based on the perspective that we bring each and every time that we're doing the game, each and every time that we are, uh, that we're doing something that's important. And once you realize that, even if I have the right to get upset, even if it's going to be a problem tomorrow, if I allow myself to get into that space, I'm going to lose. I'm home with my kids right now. And one kid does something to annoy me. I work all day. I don't have a lot of time with them. If 
I'm going to let this kid and this one of the kids that I have here just get under my skin and I get upset. I'm blowing the time of my kids. I'm at work. Boss says something that, 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 that may be insensitive. We're in a meeting. If I start going passive aggressive back, it's going to block my energy, right? I'm about to do something important and I worked hard on it. And along the way, something goes a little wrong. And I'm like, really? Really? As soon as that clicks in, it's coming in to block the energy. The best thing with this stuff is just defer it. Tell yourself, I'll deal with it tonight. I'll think about it later. But right now, for the next half an hour, for the next hour, I gotta keep my I gotta keep all cylinders open. I gotta keep the perspective right. Okay, it's a little bit of a shorter show today because it's just been such a great crazy day. So I gotta leave a little early today. But um just wanted to wish everybody a Shabbat Shalom. We'll be on on Monday and then uh and then we'll talk about the break. Okay, everybody have a great weekend. Looking forward to seeing you next week.